podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. The show is brought to you by Conversa. We help you create a month's worth of authority building content in just 60 minutes. So I think we can all agree that the best content strategy is one that aligns with your growth strategy. I mean, after all, you're not creating content just for the hell of it, right? It's a means to an end. The end being to get the attention of prospects and ultimately to drive growth. But, of course, that's easier said than done. And, you know, many content marketers find themselves trapped in the infamous content hamster wheel, just churning out blog posts and ebooks and social posts with no clear sense of ROI. So my guest today is is here to help us escape that hamster wheel. John Vettery is CEO of Vettery & Associates, a firm that works with clients through coaching and consulting, strategic marketing, and hiring to help them grow. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeremy. Great to be here. So let's get right into it. To your mind, what's the number one key to aligning content strategy with growth strategy? So I want to give that some context. Context is what is growth strategy. So we have to take a step back and say, okay, so growth uh, really happens across four areas in every single business, finance, marketing, operations, and the human element. So some people will say finance, marketing, marketing, and sales. So maybe there are five elements, but if you blo- but, but I'm going to put that together for a second. So finance, marketing, operations, and the human element. Writing that aligning content with those four elements is a very intentional act. It behooves the writer, the content creator, to know and understand exactly what that company is trying to achieve, which then to just just round out the context of this, it means knowing where you are, where you're growing to, and what's the gap in the middle. So it sounds to me like the number one key there is knowledge. It's understanding. It is truly okay. understanding. It, it's not creating content in the blind. Topics are easy. And when I say these, these words like topics are easy and, and you know, writing is easy, I, I don't mean to diminish the incredible talent that it takes to do content creation. I am not a day-to-day content creator. I'm the one helping companies grow. And I'm fortunately, I'm surrounded by some brilliant content creators. And I want to make sure that that is, that is stated, that I, I have the highest regard. What happens, though, is we get churning, right? People get churning. They have to put stuff out. They have to have a schedule to meet. They have deadlines to meet. All those types of things that happen in the content creation process. So what slips sometimes is the depth of understanding of what the client or their own company, if they're working in their own company, what it is they're trying to achieve with their overall growth strategy and specifically how marketing content creation plays into that. In the day-to-day moving quickly to try and get things done, we just can start creating content that is a topic, but not necessarily aligned with the financial marketing operations and the human goals of that organization. People get busy and, and heads down and without maybe connecting with each other in the way that they need to in order to keep that alignment from becoming unaligned? 
Does that sound right? Yeah. So there, there are really two aspects to that. One is if, if you're a writer, content creator uh, for an outside company, sometimes the message doesn't always get to them. The message from the client doesn't always get through to the person who's doing the day-to-day work of content creation with that client. It gets diluted along the way. Maybe there's a manager or a project manager, someone in the middle between the writer and the organization. All of a sudden, there's a dilution. So now we're talking about topics and not what's the goal. It's intentional. It's an intentional effort on the part of that writer who is tasked with writing on a topic to understand who the audience is for that client out there. Again, even if it's internal, these things still apply because they still can end up not getting the message from up above as to exactly who it is we're trying to target. Who is the audience, for example? How do we, in fact, communicate in words that are meaningful to that client? I'll give you a very specific example. One of the types of businesses we work with are biotech companies. And there are some biotech companies that, you know, when you think about biotech, you, you need to be thinking about things that are really scientific, technical in nature. And there are some that prefer a style that they want their audience to be at a level where they're not the scientists. It's not the scientist that's on the receiving end. Then we work with biotech companies where the scientist is on the receiving end of the message. That writing is very different. Bag the fluff gone. And this is about technical words that you and I are probably not going to understand on a day-to-day basis, but the people that are being targeted will understand those words. And they go, oh, is that what they do? Oh, is that what they're talking about? Oh, is that the science that they're referring to? And now they get captivated by that. It's easy to fall into not thinking about what might seem nuanced. It's not nuanced at all. It's actually a major difference between who we're talking to at a scientific level, who we're necessarily talking to at a at an end user, 30, more 30,000 foot level. That's a little more warm and fuzzy, a little more layman's languages. So that sounds like that speaks to the importance for any writer or any content creator, really, of having a deep understanding of who you're talking to, who your audience is, and how best to communicate with them. Yeah, and that sounds almost obvious, right? And, and everybody knows that. We all know that intuitively. But again, the, the enemy of that is the hustle and bustle of getting stuff out the door and the sometimes the breakdown in communication that happens as the message goes from those who know what they're trying to, who they're trying to get to, who they want that audience to be, down to those who are actually creating the content. Honestly, you can you can see it. It doesn't take much to go and find stuff like that. You can go online very easily. You know, one of my favorite is always the, always cite this example. There are the seven best ways to. So if you ever look at one of those, I'm not going to finish what the rest of that title might be, because you could just go Google something like that. You'll find a gazillion of them. What you can always find is if you look at the list and then start looking at the other hundred articles, <laughs> that are right after it, they all contain the same stuff. And, you know, the words have been kind of twisted around a little bit. Yeah, they made it their own. That's great. But that's what I'm talking about. We can all fall into that. I've got to get this piece out about. And this may almost sound trivial, because especially to pros, to pros that write every day, create content every day, whether it's for scripts, for, for videos. You know, we do a lot of script work here. It's easy to write the script. It's hard 
it's intentional and it's hard to write it so that it's getting to the specific audience that you really want it to get to. I'll give you another example. There's a company that's commercial real estate company. The content is actually put out by the CEO. He's the face of the organization. And I'm going to use the word it's brilliant. It's brilliant because he is talking about topics that are specific and near and dear to his audience, who is owners of properties, possibly developers, those who want to buy those properties, maybe do something else with it. He specifically focuses on things like the impact of interest rate changes in the economy. What are the different evaluation processes for properties? And if you're not in that game, that's not going to be of interest to you. You're going to, you're going to go past it. But if you are in that game, that's a, hmm, yeah, I've got a building and I think it's worth X and I want to sell it. But now this guy's telling me there are these three different ways. And all of a sudden he now has their attention. And then he follows that content ends up getting followed up with, well, we've got this building for sale. We've got this property over here that's being offered by. And now then there's the next piece of really solid, meaty, good content. It's not the top three ways to sell your building. It's not that. So let me ask you a question. Sure. I'm assuming for anything that this particular person's writing about, there's other, lots of other information on those same topics on the internet, right? What is he doing with his content that makes it stand out, that lends it that kind of authority? In particular, what is he doing? Is it the word choice? Is it, does he have a particular persona or point of view on it? What is he doing to differentiate his content from all the other content out there on the same topics? Two ways. One is he's delivering it. So in this case, this is script based. He's delivering that content and it's wonderfully authentic. He is, he's teaching and, and you can tell he loves sharing the knowledge. It's, it's not a commercial. It's not a attempt to draw someone in with placed words. You know, it, it's not that at all. It is very authentic, very almost raw in its desire to want to share this knowledge and information. The, the second I think the second element of that is that he probably violates some appropriate rules. And so, for example, yeah, at the end, up will come, and at the end of, of things I've seen him write, uh, yeah, up will come information about his firm. Sure. Okay, that's just you know a footer. But there's no hard sell. There's no classic hard sell in all that. And there's a place for the sell, and there's a place for not the sell. He's drawing people in through his knowledge and understanding, and that's critical, a critical success factor, I think, for him. Okay, this is very interesting. So now I assume you're talking about video, right? So he's on that camera. Is, this was video, yes. Okay. And I think you mentioned a script. So he's like performing a script? Yes. Okay, so that's crucial then, right? So then, and is he writing the scripts himself or is somebody else writing it? I think it's a combination. Okay. Yeah. Now that's interesting. So you need a kick-ass scriptwriter, number one, mm-hmm. paired with the talent, in this case, the CEO, who's good at delivering the script, yeah. right? In a way that y- you said authentic, right? It comes across right. as passionate uh, and authentic, Very. even though he's performing a script, right? He's not just talking off the top of his head, Correct. of no, course, right? 
And I would say that's a particular skill, right? It's a performance in a way. Yes. So that's crucial, right? And I think that's hard to do. That takes practice and training. Maybe this person is naturally good at it, or maybe, what's your sense? Did this person just kind of have the talent, or was it a combination of he's pretty good at this, but also he's willing to put in the work and the practice to become good at that particular kind of performance? I think he, I, I know he has some some background in, it's not the first time he's done educational type content, that's for sure. But your point's very well taken, absolutely putting in the work to be real on camera. If you ask him, it's not a performance. He's not performing. He's teaching. He's truly, he's doing what I'm describing. He, he is teaching. He's found the modality that works very well with his style. You also nailed it that the, the writing of it is his voice. That's why I, I, you know, when you said, is this he write it? The, I said, well, yes and no, it's his voice. And he happens to be a good writer. But whether it's, you know, taking him out of the equation for the moment, whether it's him or a different company, the writer has to really get that concept of someone's voice. And again, these are words we all use and we throw them around and we hear them a lot. But there's, again, enough, there's this level of intentionality that takes it from good to great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I go home sometimes and I'll say to my wife, you know, I think, I think my staff probably wants to shoot me sometimes because I, I get pretty picky about that intentionality. I get pretty picky about the voice, whether it's mine that they're trying to create or it's, it's a client's that they're trying to create. There are also times when they have to say to me, John, we did it. This is your voice. And they have to get me to you know back off. But you need that. Again, it's not the content creator. The writer isn't sitting there saying, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do. There's got to be that back and forth. There's got to be that dialogue. I make sure all my team always is interacting directly with the client. There isn't a middle person. It doesn't happen. And it can happen because they will lose that, that nuance that they get from the person as they listen to them, as they hear the types of words they use, as they hear how they, they talk about what it is they do and what they're good at and, and what their companies do. They need all that in order to successfully create non-vanilla content. Otherwise, we're back to vanilla. It's yeah. Everybody else is in that industry. You know, what you're describing is essentially collaboration is another word for it. And it, it reminds me of, you know, if you think of like the great movie directors, you know, I think famously Martin Scorsese, one of the great directors, is really well known for giving his actors a lot of latitude to improvise. So they'll work on the script and they'll have the best writers, but in the moment of performing a scene or practicing a scene, he allows his actors to explore. So they're not locked into just say the words on the page, right? And for his purposes, that really works. So it's a, always a collaboration between the writer, the director in that case, the actor, all working together toward the same end goal, which is to create a product that comes across as absolutely authentic and powerful and something that sucks you in, even though, of course, it's not literally organic and authentic. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces all stitched together but if you're really, really good at it, the end product doesn't show the, the stitching. It just feels like an organic whole thing. You know what I mean? I sure do. That's well, well put. And 
I think your point of it's, it's collaboration. Again, an easy word to throw around, but business owners or, or businesses out there that, that writers might be working for, they sometimes want to say, okay, here, please take this from me. Just do it, right? Just do it. And what they don't always realize, they need to be educated that what they've just done is they've created this brick wall between themselves and their vision and what they want their company to be and the message they're trying to get out there. They're severing that tie to the folks that actually have to craft that. And that's a, that's a huge mistake on their part. And unless they are educated, it's part of that content creator's responsibility to educate those business owners that they need to keep those lines of communication open. And it might be that that feedback loop is more than once or twice. And it might take some ramp up to get to the point where it becomes just once or twice. You mentioned the problem of vanilla content, right? <laughs> Which is a consequence of not having that kind of collaboration right. or not enough of it, perhaps, right? And so to, to add to what you were just saying, right? Anyone, it seems to me, can create content that, with, that ostensibly is educational in, in its design. But there are levels of that. Yep. You can have vanilla content that has some element of education in it. But you're obviously referring to, no, no, not that. Educational content that isn't just imparting information, but doing it in a way that's gripping and interesting and unique to the person delivering it, right? Correct. So just, you know, just... In our conversation right here, you, you, you've got me going, right? My hands <laughs> are going. Yeah, I, I, I love this topic. It's fascinating to me at, at many levels. It's something we, we talk about a lot here in terms of closing these gaps and, and getting better at understanding where our clients are trying to go. We go with their businesses. So as my writers, for me, try to capture me, one of the running jokes here is that they can't capture in writing my hands moving. I share stories with them. I'll tell them stories. So on the coaching and consulting side, I'll share stories, never giving away confidences, of course, because that, that is paramount to that part of our business, the confidentiality with clients. But I'll share stories with them, stories of the people in those organizations. So they may have access. They, they do have direct access to the, to the work regarding the work they have to do. But I hear different things because of my role with those clients. And I'll share stories with them so they gain this deeper human understanding of who those people are that they're writing with and for. It gives you that 1% edge that makes it go from good to wow. It, it's part of it. I, I make sure that when they talk to clients directly that I'm hearing the stories that they've got to tell. We take time to tell stories about what's going on with our clients. It, it raises this awareness. It makes it not just a piece of writing on a piece of paper anymore. It now makes it we're writing for these people who we know, we like, we want to see them be successful. All of a sudden, it totally changes the mindset of how you create content. Because you're collaborating with them and hearing their stories directly from them. And again, not just the information they're telling you, but the way they tell it and the passion that they put into it and so on. Right, right. And to good writers, and again, I want to pick up what I said before, I have the highest regard. There's nothing easy about doing this at this very, very high level. Nothing easy about it at all. And you're right. Them hearing it personally, directly, 
hearing other stories that tell about the good, the bad, and the ugly of what these clients are going through. And anyone who wants to tell you that clients aren't going through good, bad, and ugly, they're lying to you. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's, it's life. It's what, it, what happens in businesses. Even if we're chugging along and everything's going great, you know, we're, we're growing and growing and growing, there's still issues associated with, with that and what's going on in those organizations. So that makes them who they are, though. Those challenges makes them who they are. And we have to capture that, even if we're not writing specifically about that. We have to capture that about that. That's the differentiator. That's what makes them different from the other piece of writing about a similar topic. That might sound just so wishy-washy and squishy. And I apologize if it does, especially talking to, I know your audience is, is, is very capable content creators and writers. But I'm, I'm telling you from my experience of doing this for years, both in my own businesses and as, as a coaching consultant and growing, growing my own marketing groups and other groups, that little difference makes a big impact on what comes out on the content creation side. Yeah, I love that. I don't think it sounds squishy at all. I think you're getting at something important, kind of getting to the heart of that, giving the people you're working with, collaborating with them in a way that gives them permission to open up and be a little bit vulnerable even and tell you the whole story, not just the good things. And that's when it gets real. Even if you don't highlight those things, right? You're not going to highlight all the screw ups and all that, but to know it and, and have really have that deep understanding, the difference, as you say. So, wow, I love this. I could, I could talk about this stuff all day, but, but John, what's, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Sure. Thank you. Appreciate that. Our website is johnvettery.com, www.johnvettery.com. Or, you know, hey, anyone on this uh, call that would like to uh, chat about this stuff, 978-360-2990, give me a call. Excellent. We'll put that info in the show notes. And meanwhile, John, thanks for a great conversation. I think uh, I like that you said, you know, I kind of got you going. And that's always my goal as the host of the show, just to wind you up and let you go. And I think you clearly, you demonstrated what you're talking about. You know, you, you walk the walk and talk the talk. Thank you. Appreciate that. Really enjoyed this. Thanks for the conversation. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at Conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.